Welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I'm your host, Tari Kaya Allen Butler. I am a teen mom turned speaker, author, and mompreneur. My mission is to help you build healthy relationships with your children, level up your mindset, and achieve all you ever dreamed of and more. I will teach you how to level up your lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Join me every Tuesday for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. You will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire. Ready to level up? Let's do it. So hello everyone who is with us. Happy Tuesday. Um, my name is Tari Kaya Allen and I am a speaker. Well, excuse me. Let's back up. I got to add that. I got to add that uh, married last name on there. I have waited too long <laughs> to leave it off. So my name is Tari Kaya Allen Butler. Yes. And um, what I do is teach millennial moms how to gain confidence and who they are as a mom and how to build healthy relationships with their children. So if you are someone who did not come from a healthy um, example of parenting or motherhood, then you're in the right place. This is a no judgment zone. We are constantly sharing tips, jewels, and gems on how to elevate our lives, not only as mothers, but as women. Um, for any of you who have been following me for a while, you know that I share that the type of woman you are will determine the quality or type of mother that you are. So we're just trying to get our lives together all around to show up and be our best selves as women and as mothers, okay? And here at the Mom Keys to Mental Peace platform, we do not promote perfectionism or perfect motherhood or perfect parenting because there is no such thing as that at all, period. Okay, sis? I will never come here and talk about how I've achieved in motherhood or how I'm perfect and do everything right. No, no, no. I still make my mistakes, but this platform, we're here to help each other to see, you know, what to do when we make mistakes, how to bounce back and how to keep moving forward and progressing and improving our relationships with our children. So I'm excited for today's Tuesday talk. Um, we have been in a series called How to Get Your Life <laughs> in Order, okay? That's something that we all need to do and want to do with our lives. So I've just been sharing a few gems and tips um, these past couple of weeks with the new year. Um, new Year's is the time where everyone is into their goals. We're headstrong with our mindsets and everything. But, you know, lately we've been teaching and talking about ways to stay on top of our goals and um, minimizing that start and stop pattern of our goals. So today we'll be talking about how to get your life in order with your money and finances. Yes, money is one of my favorite topics to talk about, um, especially since I've gained some type of wisdom, some type of knowledge, and some type of insight on how to do money the right way or in a way that benefits me and my family in a progressing way. So I'm ready to share what I've learned so far in no way am I a money guru or fixed credit or any of that stuff. 
but I just want to share some basic principles that I've been applying to my finances for the past four years. And I have really seen um, the benefit of it or the fruit of me implementing these um, principles. All right. So let's hop into it. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about is my money story, because you can't know where you're going unless you know where you came from. So you may not even know, but you do have a money story. There was a way that you saw money done um, when you were a kid by your parents, and that kind of laid out the model or the foundation for what money would look like in your life, um, in your adulthood, or as you grew up. Um, maybe you did not grow up with parents and you saw certain TV shows and things on um, TV or music videos that kind of set this platform or this vision of what money should look like, the type of money you should have and what you should be doing with your money. Um, maybe you were exposed to other friends or other family members and you see their lives a certain way with money. So you kind of started telling yourself your own personal story for money. So my money story, um, when I was a kid, um, I don't remember going through phases where my family was not able to pay bills or skipping bills. I don't have any of those memories. So I will say that, you know, growing up, both my parents worked. I saw my mom and my dad go to work. Again, like I said, um, most of the bills were paid. Well, all the bills were paid from what I know and my child like mine. <laughs> um, like I said, I don't remember conversation about there being missed bills or trying to get money for bills or things like that. Um, but at the same time, even though, you know, bills and things were paid and that wasn't a struggle in my family, um, there wasn't really much talk about savings or managing money or investing money or saving money. Um, as a kid, I definitely can remember that my family was very big on spending. Okay. We constantly were going out to eat somewhere or going somewhere fun or shopping. Um, I know my mom had a luxury car. She had a BMW. My dad had bought a car off the lot. Now, keep in mind, y'all, this was in the 90s, early 90s, <laughs> that I'm referring to all of this stuff. So it was definitely a different time with money. Um, but those are the things that I saw as a kid that kind of shaped my money story when I grew up. So I got my first place um, when I was 18. I had you know, my first son. Um, he was maybe one or two at that time. And it was in the projects <laughs> um, through Housing Authority and my rent was super, super low, super, super low. But sis made sure her bills were paid and I was proud of my low rent <laughs> being paid. And I was proud of my $20 light bill being paid, honey. You couldn't tell me nothing. So again, just that dynamic from what I saw as a kid um, was kind of automatically implemented as I grew up. I knew hey, when it comes to bills, they're going to be paid. I don't care what else is going on or what else I want to do. I understood that bills um, being paid was a priority in my household, which like I said, um, I still do to this day. So um, just, you know, backing up a little bit, my grandmother, um, who she's been gone for 20 years now, my mom's mom, just from some things that were in place when she passed, I could see that she was definitely um, 
and a positive money mindset. She had those steps and things in place. Um, she was thinking generations. She was thinking about her grandkids and her grandkids' grandkids for things like that. So she had a trust fund saved for my sister and I um, that we were able to get once we turned 18. She left my mom two houses, one in Washington, D.C., one also here in North Carolina. Um, so just little things like that let me know that my grandma was on her, her money mindset. She was thinking generationally. She was considering us um, and life after her being here. So I do appreciate um, those gems and jewels there. But I will say, and this is just <laughs> honestly speaking, these are just facts, not putting anyone's business out there, but my mom kind of dropped the ball on that. <laughs> that um, Whatever that money mindset was that my grandmother had, it um, did not land on sis. And that's okay. <laughs> We are where we are. We do what we do. We are a work in progress, all of us, and we're learning. But um, like I said, that did, that mindset did not go to my mom. So <laughs> some of those things that were in place that my grandmother did or that she saw was a priority, um, I was not able to see in real time that being done. So all of this stuff I'm having to learn so that I can implement those things for my grandkids and if my grandkids have it, that means my kids have it. So, again, this is all generational. Generational wealth is what we're after. Um, again, with my you know money story, um, I shared on my mom moment um, a quote, y'all, that I got from a fortune cookie. But it was all at the right time. All at the right time. So, this was back in like 2018. And I was really frustrated with my finances. But, you know, just looking back, I had just got out of school and was transitioning into a new career of speech therapy. Um, I was originally a teacher assistant and I had went to school, graduated and wanted to go into speech therapy. So in that career change, you know, during that year, my finances were not consistent. Um, and really, I felt like I only had enough money to pay my bills. It was like once my bills were paid. Sis was looking <laughs> looking around looking crazy after that. Um, and I'm very grateful for my husband who, you know, we've been living together and doing life together since we were teenagers. So in my mind, whatever I didn't have, you know, oh, he would just pick it up and take care of it. Um, and I'll get into that money mindset in my next point. But that was my money mindset at that time. Whatever I don't have, he'll just pick it up or I'll just get from him. Um, but like I said, around that time, I was a little frustrated that why don't I have <laughs> much money left after I pay my bills? Like I want to have some money in my account. I don't want to just pay bills and die or only have money for my bills. I want to be able to enjoy life and go out and do things. I'm just seeing y'all say, hey, hey, Lisa. Hey, Donisha, how y'all doing? Um, but yeah, I wanted life outside of bills <laughs> with my money. So I was very um, frustrated. Um, I didn't like having to borrow and ask for money to pay my bills. Um, even though, yes, we were in a relationship together, but I, and honestly, at that time I was having to ask family members for help as well. I just remember that, um, my dad and an older sister that I have at that time, they were having to send me money to, you know, help me <laughs> throughout the month after my bills. So I was very frustrated, very upset. And, um, any money that I had in savings at that time, I was constantly 
go into my savings, transferring it to my check-ins. If any of y'all have listened to Kevin Hart, that is one of my favorite jokes. <laughs> when he's like, he's at the restaurant and they bring the tab out. And it's like, if you can just give me a second, I need to transfer my savings to my check-ins. Just give me a minute. <laughs> It'll take a little time. That was me. <laughs> Constantly dipping into my savings and transferring it over. But again, I had to because there wasn't really much left at the end of the month. And just a side note, as an educator, we only get paid once a month. So all of these odds were stacked up against me as far as my finances. And it was very frustrating. Um, so in my frustration, as you, if any of you have been following me, I'm big into writing I'm big into journaling. Um, so I decided to write out my frustrations in my journal, um, sort of like a prayer to God, expressing to him how frustrated I was, how I believed that he had more for me as far as my finances, and could he give me wisdom and insight on how to do that and how to move forward and how to get this bag to where it's enough, <laughs> you know, for me to live a little, have some breathing room. And um, so, so funny, I had ordered Chinese food that day when I decided to write in my journal. And, you know, they give the fortune cookie. So after I wrote, it's like, whatever, I grabbed a fortune cookie. And lo and behold, inside, y'all, the fortune read. Let me go to my notes so I can get it right. This is the quote that I posted yesterday um, on my moment. So the fortune cookie said, broke is only temporary. Poor is a state of mind. And right there, it was like, for one, I was kind of freaked out. Like, oh, God, you answered for real. <laughs> like you answered today via fortune cookie. Who would have thought of that? But um, I had that revelation that, okay, this is a whole mindset thing that I need to change. Yes, being broke is temporary. There are seasons that we go through where we may not have as much as we would like to have, but being poor is a mindset. And to me, when you're when you think that you're poor or have a poor mindset, you don't see any way um, to come up. You see your situation as what it is. You don't see any other avenues to getting out of your situation. You just feel like this is how things are. This is how things will always be. And there's nothing I can do to change it. To me, that's a poor mindset. So I um, decided to start learning how to get this money, how to manage money, how to earn money, how to save money. I needed to learn those skills because, again, I did not see those skills taught to me um, as a child and through my family. So I had to go out there and learn it. So I started to read books and listen to certain podcasts and sermons and things on money and finances and things in general. And y'all, I will say that was a huge game changer for me. If there's anything that you're wanting to change in your life or move forward, whether it's money or whatever, sometimes you might have to put a little footwork in and figure some things out yourself, connect with people who know, get books, listen to podcasts, Google. It's just so much information out there. There's no reason for us to say we don't know something or for us to be stuck in a position that we are not happy with. There's so much information out there about how to move forward, okay? So I ask you to evaluate your money mindset. Um, ask yourself, what is your money story? What did you see? How did you see money handled when you were a kid? Did you hear conversations about bills being missed 
or having to pay bills? Did you hear conversations about savings? Did you get an allowance and your parents were on you about saving your money and tithing and percentages and all those different things? Think about your money story and what you experienced um, as a child and see how that compares to how you, you know, think and deal with money today in your adulthood. Um, now, again, if you all do not know, I am a Christian believer, God all day. That's me. So for this next tip, if you are not a Christian, you know, just disregard whatever. But this is a principle that I apply to my life and that I believe to be true. And it's something that I have learned um, in my money learning process. So pretty much now my mindset is that all money is God's money. He expects me to manage what he gives me. If I manage the small amounts well, then increase will follow. So just me learning that truth kind of broke down the pressure of money in my mind. And there's a verse in the Bible that says, you know, the love of money is the root of evil. So money isn't evil, the love of it. When it's mismanaged, when it's put in place as your God, when you're depending on it to help you and save you and get you out of things, that's when it's mismanaged. Um, and understanding that all money belongs to God kind of helped me with um, deciding to tithe. I've been tithing now for about four years and I have seen the fruit of tithing. Again, if you are not a Christian, if you are not into that, that, that is up to you. I'm not judging. I'm just speaking my truth. Um, so again, once I understood that all money belongs to God, it was a little easier for me to release the money from my hands to tithe. And I see it like this, you know, tithing is bringing your money to the storehouse, um, which is the church, your local church. So pretty much if I'm helping the church's bills get paid, this is my mindset. If the money, God's money that he has given me through my job as a resource, because he is the source. If I'm giving that money to a church, to my church for their bills and things to be taken care of, why would God let things not be taken care of in my household? Why would he let my bills not be paid? Why would he let meals be missed um, in my family? And I have not experienced that at all since I've been paying tithes. Now, not saying that tithes is the end all be all, because again, there are some seasons where our finances can fluctuate. But from what I have seen and my um, my experience with it, understanding that all money is God's money, again, has relieved that pressure off of me, feeling like I've got to hold and hang on to things and be stingy and tight with my money. God owns it all. If he wants to get it to me, it gets to me. And I love my money mantras. Um, I'll probably drop some or share some later this week that money flows to me. Money finds me. When I spend money, it returns to me. And I'm seeing truth in those things, okay? Again, this is a money mindset shift in how we view and think about money. Um, you have to see yourself being financially stable. So again, this goes back to that poor mindset of feeling like, oh, this is just where I am. This is just how things are. You have to actually visualize yourself being financially stable. Um, one mantra that I wrote down for by the end of 2022, all of my bills will be on automatic payment 
because there will be more than enough money in that account for my bills to come out automatically. I won't have to think about it. I won't have to wonder, is there enough? That is my goal for 2022, for all my bills to be on automatic draft. Now, am I there now? No, <laughs> they're not. I'll pay y'all when I'm ready to give it to y'all. But I'm ready to be at that point where it's like, it's just coming out. It's just going where it needs to go. I'm not even thinking about it, missing it, worrying about it, none of that. So again, you have to visualize yourself being financially stable. Um, and as I shared at the beginning about my grandmother, she clearly had a generational wealth mindset, um, being able to leave homes for my mom and being able to leave money for my sister and I, whenever we turned 18, I definitely want to reboot that generational wealth in my family. So you have to think these financial decisions that you're making are bigger than you. This is a bigger picture than you. If you're wanting to leave money and things for your kids and their kids and their kids' kids, then you have to change your mindset. Um, there's no way that you can achieve that goal by thinking, this is how I'll always be. I can't make that money. I can't earn this. I can't save. Talking and thinking like that, no. You won't have generational wealth for your family, and it'll be left up to somebody else to do it. But I'm claiming that me and I'm a team so that my husband and I, we are creating generational wealth for our kids, kids and their kids and so on and on and on. Anybody connected to this Butler bloodline will be blessed. OK, and even if I don't get to see that blessing um, in the end, and I've shared this on Martin Luther King Day, think about all the things that we're living in now that he talked about that he didn't get to see. So me changing my money mindset, me creating situations and setting things up for more money um, to be generated in my family, maybe some of those things I won't see or I won't walk into. Maybe my daughter will walk into it. Maybe my son's son will walk into it, my grandson. You never know. You never know. But I want to set up and create the space and the atmosphere and speak it that generational wealth will be in my household. So again, this is a bigger picture than us and where we are now. Um, change your thinking to change your results. So if you have been, whatever you've been doing year after year, if you're in the same place or not in an elevated place of where you want to be, then you have to change what you're doing. Doing the same thing and expecting a different result is insanity. We've heard that definition over and over again. Um, so yeah, you have to change your thinking to see different results. Um, another thing for your money mindset is to track your expenses. Now, this is something that <laughs> my husband struggles with, and I used to too. Um, just keeping everything in your head, feeling like you know exactly where's going what, but really it's just an idea of it. You don't know for sure how much money you spent at Chick-fil-A. Or how much money you spent online shopping at Sheen. Yeah, you have an idea. Yeah, I spent about $50 here. I spent about $30 there. But when you really track your expenses, like getting that highlighter out, going through those bank statements, scrolling through and writing that stuff out in categories, you really, really get to see the truth of where your money is going. And I can bet you <laughs> most of it is going on food. <laughs> At least that was my results anyway. Some type of out to eat. I'm trying to get it together. 
I will say these snow days have put me in the place to where I've been cooking meals at home. So hopefully I can keep that up. But yes, track your expenses. You think that you know where your money is going, but you don't know the true answer until you actually look. All right. And um, the last thing for your money mindset, you have to ask yourself, what does your money look like each year? So one thing that helped me to see that, all right, Tara, you you doing you making some progress. You're doing the right things is by how much money I have saved in my savings account at the end of the year. I will never forget in 2019, um, looking at a money challenge on Pinterest, which I'll talk about later, for how to have how to save one thousand dollars by the end of the year. Now, in 2022, $1,000 is the new 100. Like, it really does not go that far. 1,000 can get ate up <laughs> like that. So I'm like, 365 days just for $1,000? Eh, I don't know. But, sis, I did not have $1,000 at the end of those 365 days of 2019. So that was a light bulb moment for me. Like you sitting here, you know, pushing off this money plan. You don't have a thousand dollars in your savings. So that helped me to switch my mindset and get on board. Like, okay, at the end of 2020, I would like to have $1,000 saved um, in my account. So here, 2020 came at the end of that year. I was able to achieve that goal. So from 2019 to 2020, there was some progress. Um, at the end of 2021, I had, I'm not going to tell all my business, but more than the $1,000 for at the end of 2020, applying these principles and changing my money mindset. So I was like, okay, I see you, sis. We seeing some changes. We seeing some progress. We're moving in the right direction. So start to think about what your money looks like each year as far as your savings, your checkings accounts, if you're into investing and things like that, your investments and your bills, okay? Are you still struggling to pay your bills year after year or are you able to handle and take care of those things? Your checkings account, what is that looking like year after year at the end of the year? Do you have um, money still left there? Or is you still at $1.67 holding on to it? <laughs> Listen, no judgment, no judgment. And I'm getting ahead of myself, y'all. But I really want to share like how far I have come finance-wise. When I first had my son um, in 2009, his father and I, we have come a long way. We used to have $20 days, y'all. $20 days is the max. $10 to get gas, $10 to get food. This is when my son was born. So, and he's 12 years old now. So from 12 years to now and applying these principles, it's like, yes, I see the growth. I see the changes that are happening for me applying these rules. So I'm not judging nobody <laughs> with a dollar and 27 cents in their account. I have been there. I have been there. I will never forget those $20 days. And I respect those days now where I am because... I just don't know how I did it. The grace of God, the both of us. Um, listen, sis says she remember those days. She's glad that they're over. Yes, listen, that 20, and, 
And honestly, that lets me know that I don't have to overspend now just because I have more. Now, granted, no, I don't have to keep my days, you know, to only $20. But if I was able to survive on $20 a day, then since I don't have to spend $150 and $200 <laughs> daily, okay, we're getting this thing together. We're learning, we're learning. All right, so savings is a huge thing for me. I would say savings is a big game changer. I know there's a lot of money gurus out there who are big on paying down debt and all of this. And that is important because the less debt you have, that's the less money that's going out. That's more money you get to keep. So I get that. I'm all for paying down debt and I do more than the minimum balance. But savings, savings is a game changer, huge game changer. Um, having a savings helps to relieve stress. You're not wondering and worried about how things are going to get handled or where the next dollar is coming from. When you have a good amount of savings stacked and stored up, you have some breathing room. Your, your shoulder's not as tense. Your mind not as busy and full trying to figure things out. So my rule of thumb for savings is $1,000 is $0. $1,000 is $0. So if you have less than $1,000, if you have $999, you're in the negatives. That's the money mindset you have to get into. And again, I just talked about how $1,000 can go by like that. It really does not take much. $1,000 is the new 100. So if you don't have any savings or you just start in this journey, $1,000 is your goal. Now, for all of my mamas out there who get to claim their kids on their taxes and that receive a refund, I highly suggest that you use your tax refund as your emergency savings. And I say this because if you're able to go through the whole year, the whole year without that money and pay your bills and live and things, then you don't need all that money at one time. You don't need all that money at one time. Put some of it away. Now, I know for me personally, I put all of mine away last year. All those um, child tax credits and stimulus checks, all that free money from the government, savings, savings. It's lost. I don't even have it. Savings. And that's that cushion that you need for those hard times. Um, and if you want to, you know, treat yourself, go out to dinner, vacations or whatever, I would suggest putting that money in a different savings account. So my main thing right now is that emergency savings for bills, car repairs. You know, your car always let it act up any given time when you're least expecting it. Having some savings for those things, for those emergencies, huge game changer. Huge game changer. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm almost done, y'all. I'm going to keep y'all this on. But this is good. If this is good, give me a thumbs up in the chat. Yes. Hold on. Let me read the comments. Can't even put $20 in the tank. No. $20 don't be doing nothing in the gas tank. Sister, she's agree, agree. Okay. Yes. So, um, how I was talking about how at the end of 2019, I was talking junk about the savings challenge. Pinterest has all types of money saving challenges, y'all. They have it if you want to do it weekly, if you want to do it monthly, Heck, if you want to do it daily, be be optimistic, whatever, <laughs> whatever you choose. Um, 
I prefer the monthly saving challenges just because I get paid on a monthly basis. So whatever works for you, I highly suggest that you go to Pinterest and try one of those money challenges. It's January. We're still in a fresh year, still a fresh start. There's more than enough time, you know, for you to get started and look into those things. Don't blow off small amounts because over time they grow. So don't think, what is $25 going to do in a month? Nothing. You can spend $25 constantly and be and it be gone. So just think about if you're adding $25 or saving $25 constantly, how much it adds up. And again, it can be whatever number you decide, but don't write off those small numbers. Don't just feel like, oh, that ain't going to do nothing. Because this, it will. You just have to give it time and it will. Um, rule of thumb for savings accounts, especially emergency savings. Leave it there. Leave it there. Act like you lost it. Do not be on your Kevin Hart transferring from your savings to your check-ins all the time. No, no, no. Leave it there. There was a young lady that I listened to. I can't remember her name. She gave the best advice for savings. She was saying pretty much um, to do, say, $50 a month. Or if you get paid bi-weekly, $25 every two weeks. And she pretty much gave the um, analogy that, think about if you're at a gas station and you hop out the car, right? And you got a $20 bill and it blows away in the wind and it's gone. What are you going to do with that money? Nothing. You can't do anything with it because it's gone. It's lost. You don't have it. So your savings account is your money blowing in the wind, gone somewhere. It's gone. You don't know where it's at. You can't touch it. You can't get to it. That's how you should treat your emergency savings. Do not keep transferring money. <laughs> don't keep putting it over. Leave it there. And again, a thousand is zero. So if you at a thousand, you can't transfer because it's not even there, period. A thousand dollars, you ain't got no money. Okay? Leave the money there. Act like you lost it. All right. My last final tip um, for y'all tonight is how to set up a monthly money plan. Um, one that I use particularly, let's see, Shana says I have to put my savings in a separate bank. Yes, I've heard of that too. People um, putting their money in a completely different bank. And I don't know if you all knew this, I guess just me and my, I don't know, I guess I just didn't know that you can have multiple banks. I know right now I have two, but you can get a bank just for your savings and like not get a card for it. That helps too. I've heard people do that. Get a bank, put the money there, but don't have a card for it. So you can't accidentally swipe and transfer money over and stuff. Thank you, Cheyenne. That's a good, good idea. All right. So the monthly money plan that I use is called the 50-20-30 rule. Now, I have tweaked it to fit me and my um, finances because one of the, like the 50% thing doesn't necessarily work for me. 50% um, of my bills... Excuse me, 50% of my monthly check will not cover all of my bills. So I can't do that. But let me go, let me go into details. Let me back up. 50, 20, 30 rule. And these are talking about percentages, percentages of your overall monthly income. So what I do for that 20%, I tithe 10% and then I save 10%. That's my 20% of that. Save 10 tithe 10. Okay. 
Next is saying that 50% should be for your needs. So things like rent, mortgage, car payment, insurance, your light bill, your water bill, gas bill, things like that. Those needs that are coming every month, those amounts that you know, you know monthly. Um, that's that 50% part. And the 30% is for your wants. So certain subscriptions that you might have, trips, going out to eat, shopping, hair and nails, things like that. Okay? I'll repeat again. It's the 50-30-20 rule. 20%, I save 10%, tithe 10%. The 50% goes to my needs, like rent, car payment, mortgage, insurance, bill, those types of bills. And the 30% is for your wants, subscriptions, trips, out to eat, shopping, hair and nails, things like that. Again, you can tweak it to fit um, your lifestyle and where you are, but um, that's just kind of a basic money plan um, that I follow monthly and has been helping me to have my finances in order and get things done, okay? All right, so that is all I have for y'all today. Thank you so much for tuning in with me tonight. I pray that this was helpful. Um, I'm going to post it on my Instagram, so if you missed anything, you can go back and watch the replay. But I pray that y'all have a good night, and I will see you all next week where I will have a special guest about how to prepare for home ownership. So I'm excited about that. All right, bye, you guys. Have a good night. I'll see you next week.